Welcome back, everyone. Blue Collar Whitetail Podcast, officially powered by Rackaholic Outdoors. The true whitetail sense and cover sense made from an Indiana deer farm. From the deer to the bottle, I highly recommend that whitetail bedding scent. Tonight on the phone, we have Kyle Van Meter, and he is going to talk to us about some arrows and some deer hunting. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's been been a while coming. I appreciate you guys inviting us on to talk about arrows. Yeah, we we had a hard time hunting you down. I got lost in the woods out there. Uh, I I won't get into that right now, but uh, yeah, I'm glad we could link back up. And uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell the guys uh, maybe a little bit what you do on your personal life and then uh, get in the archery world on what you do on that end. All right. Um, 39. I work for uh, the state of Indiana. I do road construction for the state of Indiana. Um, live in Muncie. I'm a softball coach on the side. A dance dad for my oldest daughter. And I got two dogs and a wife. And that's pretty much my life. <laughs> gotcha. Can't beat that. Outside of archery, which that consumes the rest of the time. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you're you're into, uh, well, the whole 3D shooting and what, paper shooting? and I do, I do 3D in the spring and summer. In the fall, of course, I deer hunt like everybody else does in Indiana. And then... Starting about January through March, I'm indoors shooting indoor paper targets. Okay. Vegas and five spot. Nice. Yeah, uh, I've I've never actually got into the whole paper shooting and all that stuff. Um, so I guess for the people that are uh, completely haven't even heard of it, let's just say that. Uh, so like how would the scoring work on something like that? Like what's the what's the setup? Like I know you guys line shoot, right? We we shoot in- indoors. We have what they call on our five spot targets, it's it's a blue face with the white X and it's the values X is an X which also equals five. Then anything in the white is five and then if you're shooting on the five-spot base itself, it goes 5-4. Okay. Now, you flip it around on the backside of that sheet is what we call our single-spot five-spot. I mean, it's just one big five-spot, and it goes 5-4-3-2-1 on the rooms counting out. That's on our five-spot bases. Okay. Then we, have, then we have a Vegas face, which is a smaller X which is about, the X on it is roughly the size of a dime. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then there's a ring outside of it, and and, you know, the ring and X is 10, and it goes 9, 8, 7, or you can shoot a vertical three spot, which they do at Vegas and Lancaster. Gotcha. Everything indoors is shot 20 yards. There's all sorts of setups, like, most people, if you watch, I mean, the pros all shoot, like what what they consider a freestyle setup. They can move, they can move their sight. They can move, you know, they got long stabilizers. 
magnification in their scopes and their peep sights, it's pretty much unlimited. I shoot what they call a bow hunter freestyle or what would be considered, most would consider a hunting, hunting setup. I know a lot of hunters don't run a back bar, but I run a back bar now, but I run on my indoor rig, I run a, a 32 millimeter scope with a 60 pin in, and, they, and it, it'll take up the whole white in a five spot target. Wow. But I run short bars, I run a eight inch bar on the front of my bow with a six inch bar on the back, and I run five ounces on the front and eight ounces on the back. Okay, so you're out there, uh, like you said, with like almost like a hunting setup. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, that'd be pretty my, cool. My indoor bow, it's, it's a 36-inch axle axle. Okay. So it, it is a little longer than, you know, your conventional hunting bows, but it's fully set up. And now, when we get into talking the arrows, I do shoot a larger diameter arrow for indoors than I will on my outdoor setups. Yeah, I got a, I got a question about those diameters because I mean, <laughs> that's a, I got a question on. So, like, I know some people like there's those really micro, like super small diameter ones. Yes, and then a, that's like a point one six six diameter. Yeah, and then you have like the big chungus ones. I call. Yeah, that's 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 a twenty. That's a twenty seven series, which is a. It's got an inside diameter of a .315. Now, is there an advantage to either or, or is it just like uh, personal preference or what the bow likes? Um, or is it a mixture? Personal preference. Okay. Because indoors, like when you're out at Vegas or Lancaster, the big shoots and go to the shoot downs, they start counting inside out X's. So you have to be completely inside the circle with the X. So if you're using a oh. diameter arrow, there's more risk that you're going to touch one of the lines and that's considered not fully inside out. See, I wondered how that worked. See, that's, that was my next question. Yes. Yeah. When, like, they, when you watch on TV or whatever and they get into the shoot downs, mm-hmm. the, you know, they'll start with 30 guys and you just keep shooting until you're down to like the final three. And then you start going... If they tie after like two inches, then you start going inside out scoring. And you have to be completely inside the circle to get the higher of the values. Gotcha. Okay. Well that that answers some questions. I I don't uh I don't really keep up with all that stuff, but I I've watched the the, the Vegas shoots and stuff on YouTube and all that. The What what's yeah. the one where they're out there shooting like three D targets? Is that like a different uh type of one of those shoots, or yeah, when they're when they're shooting three D targets indoors and whatnot. Yeah, they run some indoor three Ds like you've probably seen Buckmasters on ESPN or one of the hunt channels. Yeah, <laughs> with, with pop up targets. Yeah, that'd be sick. Yes, yes, that's, <laughs> that's Buckmasters, and they they've got a different scoring. I, I believe their scoring is there's two different size rings in the vital, then like an eight ring, which would be everything from front of shoulder back to like where your liver would be on a live deer okay and that that would be considered the core of the target and usually that that scoring ibo scoring is like there's a center 11 ring inside there and then a 10 ring 
and then eight ring, then anything on the body of the three D animal is five points. Okay. Now when you go ASA scoring, they've got up in the back corner of that core is a circle, a small circle, probably the size of a half dollar or so. That's a fourteen ring. That only comes into play during shoot offs. It's like in a normal competition, that's not in play. Okay. And they, they've got three rings inside the ten ring, which is an upper twelve, a middle ten ten, which is inside the ten, and then a lower twelve, which when you're shooting on the trip or you know, the competition side, you have to call upper upper twelve. And then, you know, if you shoot for it and miss and shoot a ten, it's still a ten. If you shoot an eight, it's an eight. But the lower twelve is always in place. Those are what they consider that's how they break ties by how many twelves you shoot or X's or spots. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, dive into some of the the killing sticks. Okay. Uh, yes. So, I, I stopped by your guys' booth out there at the trail shoot, and they were showing me some of the different you know different shafts and all that. Um, yes. So. Let's go ahead and, uh, I mean, I know you guys have a variety, but what uh, what's the hunting arrow you hunt with, and what have you noticed with it? Or tell us about it. Just go in on it. For this year, well, last year I switched over to them for hunting-wise. I went to a, a ventilator series, okay. which is a 204 inside diameter, so it's slightly smaller than your standard hunting shaft that you would find at like you know your walmarts or whatever how they sell arrows they're all 0.244 or 0.245 arrows okay and it, it comes with a footer on it or a half outer outsert you know different companies have different names for everything but my my outsert is stainless steel and it's 60 50, 55 grains so i got an extra 55 right up in front of my arrow before screwing in nice you know i i'm not <clears throat> i'm not a guy that chases arrow weight you know I, I don't i don't follow ranch ferry or you know heavy momentum arrows which a lot of guys will argue but right my, my hunt arrow right now is sitting at 425 grains I think so okay I I, I switched over I shoot mechanicals out of that and I I still punch through bone and break bone now I you know I haven't really put it through a shoulder blade or nothing but it'll break ribs and keep going okay but and then the in previous years I've shot our PT series which it's a standard diameter arrow which has and it has a straightness of point zero 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 one. Most average hunters they won't notice the difference from a a point zero zero one to a point zero zero six. Most of your standard hunting shafts that you go to Walmart and buy would be like a point zero zero six. Okay. Uh, I mean, you, you can get other ones like I think gold tip they sell I think mine's like point oh three XT Hunter brands you can go up you know in your straightness and grain specs your grain tolerance your weight tolerances 
Gotcha, gotcha. So on that ventilator series, you know, it's, it's a point zero zero three, And I've got a weight tolerance of plus or minus a grain. So, you know, when I built my arrows and drained them all out, they were all within a grain of each other. I mean, I went 422 to 423. So, I mean, they're, they're all right there. Pretty consistent. Yes, tolerance-wise. And me, you know, a lot of guys are worried about their tune of their bows. Well, the, the tune is great. But the guy that built my arrows, he says, you know, your tune can be spot on, but if your arrow's not tuned properly and whatnot, he goes, you're going to still have erratic flight. Yeah, which makes sense. So, you know, we, we've we got a spine checker. We check all of our spines and fletch stiff side up on all of our arrows to give it, you know, the best flight. Okay. So that's that's the arrow I'm hunting with this year again is that ventilator but I'm looking at switching over to like ethics components ethics archery and going to their components they got a little more tighter spec tolerances than what the components that were being shipped so I mean they're all great components but it's just you know preference for us right uh roughly what what do you think those ventilators would cost somebody do you have an idea? For six of them, just shafts and shafts and knocks and half out or inserts, you're looking at eighty dollars for a half dozen. Okay. And that you know that doesn't include shipping, so you throw in they ship killing sticks out out of Alberta, Canada. Okay. So I think shipping's been running us like ten to fifteen dollars depending on what we all order with our stuff. Right, right. And I, I've ordered two dozen at the start of the year, two dozen arrows, and they've come through customs, and I've had them within five to six days of ordering them. So, I mean... That ain't bad at all. No, and even even when, you know, the big C word shut everything down, <laughs> we, we were... We're still getting arrows through customs within like seven to ten business days of order. Nice, nice. Yeah, we. I mean, in Alberta's up in the northwest, we're in Indiana, so I mean, it's coming out of Washington and whatnot across the border there, and then shipping to Indiana. Yeah, that ain't so, bad at all. No, so it's it's shipped pretty good. And that comes like you can get like what cut to length, or do you got, or do you got to go like full shaft? Those are. Those are full shafts on those ones. Okay. And I mean, they run in a pack of six at the eighty dollars, and the full full size shafts are a thirty two inch arrow. Okay. Yeah, that ain't bad at all. Uh you yeah. me- you mentioned broadheads. What what mechanicals are you running? I'm running the Rage Hypodermics. Okay. The no collars. Nice. Yeah, I, I switched. You know, the the talk. I used to be a muzzy guy. Right. I, I, I love my fixed weights. And I was I was in a bind last year. You know, my, part, partly my fault for not getting arrows built. And, you know, slacking off like busy at work and just life in general. And I was like, man, I said, I need, I need to get some arrows done. So we built, we built some arrows. I was having issues with the tune. And so I switched over and went out and bought a pack of rages and I was like well I'll give this a try because you know everybody says 
they fly like field tips and whatnot. Sure enough, out, you know, out to 40 to 50 yards, they were grouping right together. Nice. Yeah, so I, w- I was happy with them. Last year I killed, killed a small button buck on Halloween with one. Punched it right through the brisket and front shoulder, broke his front shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he took off running, and I, when I got to him, when he died, his, his front leg was, you know, it just flopped in the wind. I, I could pick it up and just drop it, <laughs> it flopped right in the wind, like, dislocated everything in there. That's awesome. How big of a cut is that on them hypodermics you're running? <laughs> they are a two and a half inch cut. That's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause I I shoot. Uh, I'm a, I'm a muzzy guy. Uh, <laughs> I had a bad experience with mechanicals a while ago, and I I haven't looked back from my muzzies. But uh, last year was my first year shooting the tro cars, the smaller diameter ones. Yep. I like how those fly, but uh, the only downside about that is that blood trail was kind of small. Yeah. That's the only. I I mean, I put it right in the boiler room. But uh, they just, he just or she didn't bleed that much, so yeah, I don't know, I, <laughs> I don't know what to do, but I I don't know. It's hard to drop something you got confidence in. Yeah, it, it's like the archer shop I shoot for hybrid hunter archer here in Muncie. You know, he'll he'll throw a mechanical in his quiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he bounces back and forth, so he'll shoot mechanicals. And he'll shoot fixed blades, and they both shoot together. I mean, you know, he, he tunes it and tunes it and tunes on his bow and tunes his arrows. Right. So, you know, he's he flops back and forth. He's like, he goes, you know, it's up to the hunter what, what the guy wants to do. You know, me- mechanicals do get that bad rap, you know. Well, it's just, for the, it's just for the lazy hunter. No, I mean, not really. No. I mean, it, it, it's, what, it's what you want. I mean, a mechanical's going to give you that cut. But you also have airs. Yeah, if you if you ain't putting it where it needs to go, it, it don't matter. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, that's with any broadhead and any arrow setup. I mean, if you don't, if you don't put it in that pump house or make an errant shot or you know deflect off a limb or something, mm-hmm. it's it, it marginal shots. So you're gonna get that. Yep. I hate that feeling too. <laughs> well, I, I know. It has, but that's that's not yep part of it yep yeah i shot a grim reaper one time at one of the biggest bucks i've ever seen and i hit him in the the hardest part of the shoulder blade and uh i mean it went in maybe two three inches didn't open bent the broadhead i was like man (laughs) you know you got you got pig man on there talking about how you can take down anything with them and I mean that was a long time ago when he was shooting those, but uh But no and you know, before that, growing up I shot Allen Broadheads, I shot Thunderheads. Yeah. I uh my fir- my first one I killed with was a uh, Carbon Express Lungbuster. Yeah. And yeah. that that thing those things are pretty good, <laughs> honestly. I mean, they weren't bad. <laughs> then, then then I went to my season then I switched over and went to Ramcats. Those are... Oh, yeah. They're not a mechanical. And they're not... I, I don't know how to put it. I mean, they're... I, I want to call them a semi-mechanical fix. Because <laughs> you shoot them into something, 
and when they pull out, the blades reverse and pull forward, and they cut coming out backwards. So if you if you if you don't get marginal shots, say you only get five to six inches of penetration, but that deer's running away, and the arrow happens. I mean, it's it's still cutting inside of it, but if it goes to fall out, it's cutting on its way back out too, which is creating a larger hole for you to go through. That's wild. Yes, I mean, and I, I killed deer at the end, and, you know, blood trails are good blood trails. Yep. But, you know, it all it all depends where you, where you shoot a deer. I mean, but, yeah, they're they're a good head. I mean, you can't beat buzzies. They've been around forever. Right. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's tough. Like I said, that doe I shot last year, I mean, I couldn't have hit her more perfect, and I'm like, wow, there's barely any blood. I mean, I've... I found her. I mean, she could only go so far, you know. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. it definitely the blood trail was kind of slow. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When, when you bust lungs and heart, we're not going far. No, no. <laughs> but uh, so uh, let's see. So you shoot the ventilators right now. Yeah. I and I prior to the ventilators, I shot our PT series. Okay. Which is you know, it's it's a standard diameter. I shoot seventy pounds, so I'm going with a three hundred spine arrow. Right. Nine point one grains per inch. With those, with our standard shafts, you can get fifty grain brass inserts to shoot in them. Okay. Or the standard aluminum inserts for you know, it's for the guys looking for more front front of center weight and that you know that extra thump. Mm-hmm. When you hit so that's a standard diameter shaft. It runs eighty nine dollars for a six pack of them. Okay. And you know the the era before that was our originals, which I still shoot our originals for my outdoor field archery stuff. It's not a micro diameter. It's a standard shaft, but I've got them set up to where they're like darts. Damn. Coming out of my boat. I mean. Just stacking them. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready for a tournament here in two weeks, three weeks from this weekend. The NFA Outdoor Field Nationals in Pennsylvania, where we shoot out to 80 yards and all the way into 20 feet. Damn. Yeah, running, you know, I'll run a five-pin setup on my site and just play pin gaps, learn, learn my gaps. I'm out every night walk back for every yardage that I have to shoot from and write down on a note card where I need to hold my pins to hit that X. Yeah, it sounds like you got to put a lot of work in to that. Yes, it, it's a lot of work. And that's, you know, that's like the trail shoot. It's a it's 101 yards up there clearing the four yards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we put a lot of work into that. We, we'll shoot, start shooting two months ahead to get our stuff set up for that shoot and go with it. Yeah, it looked pretty wild out there. Um, so with this NFAA, can you, like, can you, like, qualify for, like, some big shoot at the end or something? Or what? what is the, uh, the end game in that? The NFAA is the National Field Archer Association, which they... They have indoor, like I was talking about, I do in the wintertime, the five spot or the Vegas space. 
then that culminates in March with Indoor Nationals, which is a five-spot tournament. And anybody, you, you can just register. If you're an NFA member, you can go and shoot it. Okay. And that's usually in Louisville or Cincinnati every every year. Out at Yankton, where the NFA National Headquarters is, Yankton, South Dakota, they have what they call the Rushmore Rumble, which is, I believe it's part Vegas face, part five spot, which Indiana we host what we call our Hoosier 690. On one day, you'll shoot the five spot round. The next day, you shoot the Vegas face. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then... Like I said, when you when you get to outdoors, for Indiana, we have a state-marked 3D, which is similar to what the trail shoot is, but we only shoot a max 50 yards in that with the orange and yellow stickers out to 50 yards, where the trail shoot, which is in Redding, that, that's the original trail shoot, was Redding, California, and they shoot out to 101. That's... That's where we got the idea to bring the Midwest class, you know, the Midwest trail shoot to Indiana. Yeah, that that was pretty sick. Yeah, and eventually, what we want to do is make like a national triple crown tournament. We're in the works with talking to a lady that owns a facility, like Ohio Pennsylvania border up in the north northeast Ohio northwest Pennsylvania. Okay. If she's interested in hosting a tournament and then eventually having like a national triple crown style shoot like that, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think with that NFAA. It, so, are like the payouts pretty big on that stuff? Yeah, I mean the payouts come the. You, you can get in different classes. You can go like a trophy class just to get an award or a plaque. You can get into money classes, but then you're also your entry fee goes up more. Makes sense. And then your pro shooters, yeah, they make money from the tournament because they're paying in $250 to enter it. So oh, wow. part of the money goes back into the pot, and then part of the money goes you know, for targets to the NFAA. But where the money really comes in into the game of archery is your manufacturers. Everybody has what they call contingency money for your different classes. Now, your hunter setup guys, your bow hunter freestyle, they're not making nearly as much as what your freestyle archers are because there's more, there's more people that shoot that freestyle setup which is you know long bars single pin movable sights mm-hmm. so I mean it's really based on the number of participants in each class of what money you're going to bring back in at a tournament okay <clears throat> um well let's get into the hunting side of things here for a second okay. so do you got a uh, a buck story you'd like to share um, I don't know. I mean, got yeah, I, a cool story. I know they're all cool. <laughs> I, I can discuss my first buck ever. Hey, I'm I'm here for you. Um, man, it was. I was old enough to drive, so it must have been about sixteen. So, 
I'm going to age myself here. 20, 23 years ago, <laughs> I was hunting some public land in northern Indiana. Okay. I grew up I grew up outside of Fort Wayne, a small town called Woodburn. Lies between Fort Wayne and Woodburn. And that's all I, I, I hunted some, I hunted public, or I hunted private land that I had along the river. And I hunted private land that my dad and buddies all hunted in Allen and Adams County. I mean, we had private land in a lot of places, but we hunted a lot of public land too. So one weekend we went up, set up on some public land way, way back from the parking lot. I mean, three quarters of a mile back through a swamp on the edge of the property. I mean, we were probably 200 yards from the edge of the property lines. Okay. And we, we set up on a, we, we went up on a Friday afternoon, did a Friday evening hunt, which we kind of got busted because we had a beagle puppy come in and the mom come in, and, you know, you know how dogs get when they see you and whatnot, and they, they just cut loose. Oh, God. So, you know, we're, we're hunting way back in there. And this was before he had to mark tree stands and all that stuff. So we had climbing sticks and lock ones. So we left them up for the night. We're like, all right, we'll come back up here tomorrow and see what shakes out. And, you know, I'm, I'm up there and I hear I hear something. And my dad's buddy, he's probably just 100 yards from me. And it was late fall. Leaves were already starting to fall and stuff. I see a deer coming from him. And, you know, he shoots at it and misses it. <laughs> well, this buck comes running over to me. And spins that head back to look to see what happened. By then, I was already full draw. Smoked him right in the boiler room, and he ran 50 yards. Dang. And that, you know, that was my first my first bow buck. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was it was exciting, you know, because it was two years, almost two years after I had killed my first doe. I killed her up there. Just 30 yards from where I shot that buck. No way. Yeah. Yeah, it was in the same area. Exactly. That's and crazy. They died probably 15 yards apart from where they were. <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> That's epic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that shakes out. Oh, yeah. Uh, do, you, do you hunt public land now? Or are you, you private? I got, I got private... I got private in Delaware County or Randolph County. I I hunt with a buddy on his light his lease over around Attica. Okay. And I, I you know, I, I got public land twenty five minutes from the house here in Delaware County. I live inside Urban down here too, which I don't have any I've not done enough door knocking and looking to get urban ground. Right. But but no, I, I I still I still cut my teeth on public land. We we do a bunch of deer drives up on public land, which is totally legal in the state of Indiana. A lot of people are like that's not legal, but it's legal to do a deer drive. So that's crazy. We'll, we'll still go up to Salmoni and you know muzzleloader season, you know gun gun season, not opening weekend, but like second weekend of gun. You know, everything's by the books. We all wear our orange. You shoot the deer, you kill the deer, you're tagging it. Gotcha. So, if you've already, 
you know, we're a one buck state, so if you killed a buck during bow season, you're just going to be a pusher. Right. Helping or, out your buddies. Or, or if you're froggy, you can take your bow like I've done numerous years, just because you're most likely going to push more does than you are bucks by people. So I'd take my bow and be a standard. Heck, one year I had like 25 does come by me. I mean, oh my god nuts. they were just they were buying me and I'm like well crap I'm trying to find the biggest one to shoot and they're just keep running by me <laughs> so uh I, with that salamone you ever seen monsters down there I can only yeah. I can only imagine what those living yeah. down there yeah I've seen I've seen monsters I've I've seen monsters killed up there I've seen monsters, you know, in the middle of the night because we used to do a lot of river fishing up there, Huntington and Salmonian back in the ponds. Mm-hmm. You know, all along public land. And we've seen monsters out in fields up there. I, you know, one, one deer drive. The pushers, I've seen them coming down. And I didn't have no binos at, at that time on me. I seen just. He was probably 400 yards away. A rat come down the hill, circle along the bottom of the reservoir in the hill, and go right back up in behind the pushers. No way. Right back up where he just got bumped from. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, that, you know, that was his escape route down that hill along the reservoir bottom and right back up where he come from, right up a draw. And he was, you know, you know what? You can see a rat from 400 yards. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. it's, it's no, it's no little deer. No, no, he he'd be looking good somewhere on the wall. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, well that that's what I still have not. Uh, I still have not gone out there on public just because I have two private pieces. Um, but I I would feel like that would be a completely different animal. I mean, those deer got to be so alert. I I, I mean, maybe not, but. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, if you get if you get up there early enough in the year, and you you put the legwork in and scout hard, and be smart about your scouting, you they they can be killed. I mean, you don't have to. You know, you look at Dan in, Dan Enfold. Mm-hmm. That man kills giants all over in swamps. The nasty. But, and then you got the hunting public guys who just go into a piece, scout it out, and no, I mean, it, it's just, it is it is definitely a different animal. Like, when I first started hunting, you know, I, I've been at I've been at it for, I started when I was nine shooting boats. Damn. So, 30 years now. And I, I may have, to my name to this day, 15 or 16 kills and six are with a gun so I mean when, when you grow up hunting public land it's a different beast than what it is if you got private land year after year that you know what's coming in what you're looking at I mean the, the quality of your management now is different than what it was you know 20 years ago oh yeah People are really starting to look at growing deer. I mean, you you talk about growing deer, and people really do. I mean, they tailor it to growing big deer. 
that's why Indiana is becoming a top five state with big deer kill. And the best thing we done was went to one buck minimum I feel. Yeah. Gives them a, a you know, a chance to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you look at states around us, Ohio grows big deer. Their seasons are different than ours though. Oh, way different. I mean Illinois's got like a two day gun season. I mean, Indiana can grow even bigger deer if they would just look at their hunting seasons. Yep. Oh, and I think something crazy is still going to come out this year with that rule book. I think, I mean, man, I don't know. I just, with the way they keep talking about does and stuff that DNR are so concerned, I I mean, I don't think we're ever going to get that special antler list back. And... I wouldn't be surprised if here soon that we, it might turn into a one buck, one doe. I don't know. It just seems like they're trying to push something big here. You, you know, when, when when I started, like I said, I was nine years old when I started shooting a bow. I think my first hunting trip, I was like 11. I, I remember I remember that to this day, too. It, it's the craziest story, which I can, I can talk about if you want to hear. Oh, yeah. Go, I don't care. We were hunting... Outside of outside of Zulu, Indiana. Oh yeah, I'm both by Monroeville. Yep, home of RT Sales and Billy. <laughs> yeah, Triple T's. Triple. And we, my buddy's wife dropped us off in the morning, and he told her to be back at like nine thirty or ten o'clock. Well, we're like, you know, we're standing alongside the road in a big cornfield. There's a big cornfield across the road from us, and you know, being being ten, eleven year old kid. You don't know how to blow a deer call. No. So I just get my, you know, I get my deer call out, and I just blew on it as hard as I could. I mean, it sounded like the most horrendous dying deer. <laughs> well, across the road popped up a big 8.2 dose out of this pit cornfield in the middle of nowhere. And they ran right towards us. Wow. And we all dropped to the ditch. I, I fell on my bow, busted my quiver, and... You know, I, I threw my release on, knocked an arrow. I was like, man, these deer, they're going to run us over come right out in this field. Well, my buddy's like, man, my wife's coming. She's going to be coming. She's never late. And here she comes and stops right in front of us. We're all pointing across the road as this deer is still running to us. And finally, she looks. They stop about 150 yards before crossing and took off the other way. I was like, man, that, you know, that's a story. No way. You, you can only tell it. Yeah, right. Right. It didn't really happen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was nuts. But I mean, that was back in the days where I remember we went up to Auburn. We had some private property upside up in DeKalb County. Okay. And you had to go to archery shops to buy bonus county tags. Really? Yes. There was no. And each county had a set amount of tags that they got. And once those tags sold out at, you know, said archery shop, that's all the county had. Wow. So we would we would bounce county to county, you know, it was almost like over-the-counter tags, what was extra. Just to buy bonus county tags for that county. You know, any county we had extra no tags in, we'd, we'd go buy an extra bonus county tag. Okay. So that that's how it used to work. But now, you know, they said all the county quotas, 
you know, four four deer, three deer, whatever. But it used to be however many tags the county got is how many bonus deer they had in that county. Wow. And, I mean, a lot of people, they may not remember. I mean, a lot of people probably remember those days. But, you know, that's something that sticks out with me, you know. Just waiting in line to buy a bonus county tag and not knowing if you're going to get one or not. Yeah, and now it's, you know, I mean, with with how they got it set up online, I feel like, I mean, if you truly wanted to, you could get away with some serious stuff. I mean, yeah, and I, I, feel, I feel that happens a lot. I mean, I, I think it was, a, it was a bad decision to do away with check-in stations. Yeah. I mean, because that's where the camaraderie, that's where the camaraderie of hunting comes from. I mean. Oh, yeah. We, we, we used to get done on opening day gun season. And on the way home, every check-in station we passed, we'd pull in to see, you know, what, what guys had to better their trucks or how they did. You know, check out check out everybody's gear. Yeah. Yeah, we always, uh, <laughs> we always hear, we always do a, a victory lap to the gas station, and we usually have somebody come up and talk to us, you know. Uh, but yeah, you, you definitely miss that. I'm sure, I I wish I could have been a part of those those check-ins like that. Um Yeah. You know, the I had a buddy that ran a a deer processing place his family did and opening day a gun, you know, we'd go there for biscuits and gravy and you know, people would be bringing bucks in and stuff and I mean, that was that was pretty cool to see. Um Yeah. Yeah. They always keep a tab of like heaviest doe and heaviest buck and I don't know what they gave away, but uh, they definitely need more stuff like that. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's, and that, that's the thing, you know, I take my deer over here to get processed, and it's a small family-run business, and people are still like that. Guys will just go there to hang out after you're done just to see what gets brought in. Yep, <laughs> yep, everybody's cracking beers. In the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. You had to love it. But yeah, now I feel like so many people are so quiet, you know. Like, if you're hunting private, I feel like for the most part, you know. It, you know, like I knew my neighbors killed. Because um, <laughs> they text me, you know. Um, I, I mean, there's no, it's not it's not like I'm going to go cross that, that line and go over there and try to hunt. Because, I mean, it... <laughs> More more times than not, we're gonna see the same deer anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, I I just don't know. There's a lot of people that shun out the uh, the kills and all this stuff, and I I don't really think it's that big of a deal. But maybe maybe I'm just built different. I don't know. No, and I you know I've got I got buddies. They they got leases, and they you know they they kill some studs, but they you know. When the properties around them manage and they manage, that that's where it comes from. And yep. You know, if you, you know, I, I shot I shot a ten point last year with my shotgun. Nice. And it, it's my first one to put on the wall. I mean, I was happy. Well, the neighboring property owner sent my buddy a text. He's like, "Yeah, look at this one." I mean, it was a fifteen point with a. Oh. <laughs> just 
just a freak of a deer. I'm like, jeez. Right. I asked my buddy, I said, did you, did you know anything about this deer? He's like, nope. He goes, and he killed it 150 yards behind the property line. Wow. His property. But he's like, you know, I, I never had a deer on camera. Yep. And it, my, my buck, we went, we went back there and looked at pictures all last year. And it was a satellite buck we never had on camera. That's wild. Well, I mean, anything's possible. You know, everybody keeps coming out with more data of these deer going miles and miles, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm, I keep pushing later and later to put these, these cameras up because, you know, you start getting a false sense of hope, you know. <laughs> I mean, you could have something cool walk in, you know, in June or, Ju- or whatever, July or whatnot. But, you know, come fall, you know, he, that's not his home range. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you get you get a three year old buck. What did I say? A seven mile range. That's come wild. On. But I mean, you, you get an older buck, you know, five, six, seven year old buck, you know, one that's on the down downhill side. He's gonna stay in that one to two mile core. Yep. Getting lazy. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that's when a lot of them bucks get killed, or you know, they just die of old age. Right. Yeah, it's pretty wild on how that all happens. Uh, yep. yeah, it's been it's been a minute since I took a buck down with my bow. Um, last year, mine was with a rifle on opening day, a gun. Um, I'd really I'd really like to shoot <laughs> with my bow this year, but you gotta you gotta take the gun out on opening weekend. You gotta shoot the gun, but uh. Yeah, that's- <laughs> That's my that's my downfall though, you know. I got buddies that are like, get a gun, get a gun. I said I got, I said I got a twenty gauge. They're like, no, get a gun. Get get yourself a muzzle loader. I'm like, mm. I just, you know, I I bought a twelve gauge. Well, my oldest is thirteen, so like twelve years ago, I bought a brand new rim or brand new Mossberg five hundred. Okay. Combo. And I went out. Second weekend I had it. I had a buck come in, you know, opening weekend of gun season. He come in, eight yards and looked up at me. I just put it through his, I mean, through his throat everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I put the crosshairs right down on the throat and just let it eat with that smoking. Oh boy, that dude probably yeah. just flopped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he turned inside out and ran, I think, 15 yards just fell over on his feet. That's crazy. But, you know, I I don't know, I don't know what it is because, you know, I took a gun out last year and I shot that buck and it, it was like 7.35, 7.37 in the morning. Damn. And I, you know, I was done. Yep. Really, I was done, I was done buck hunting for the year on opening day gun season. I was like, and, and he was only, I ranged it where he lay 36 yards from my tree. Yep. Now, I would have I would have a couple branches to shoot through. But, I mean, that that's in my wheelhouse for archery. Right. So you could have got it with the... I'll, I'll, shoot, I'll shoot a deer out in good conditions. I'll take a, I'll take a 40, 45-yard shot. Yep. If, if the deer's not high alert, if the deer's calm... You know, whatever. I, I'm not afraid to take that shot, but 
I won't I won't shoot nothing past probably forty or forty five. Yep. Damn. It's just like with the gun. I mean I'm not go, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bad about the gun hunters. I, I like shooting guns. Yep. But there's just something about getting them deer inside, you know, that thirty yard range or that thirty five yard range. Getting them in there that really gets the pump you know, gets the heart going. You're like, Man, this this deer's right here. Oh yeah. He's he's on top of me. Is he gonna hear me, you know? Is he gonna hear me breathing? Is he gonna hear my boot squeak? What whatever whatever the case might be. <laughs> yeah, my my coolest kill I think last year that I had, uh I was gun hunting in Michigan for their shotgun opener and all I had was a bead. I didn't have no scope on my twelve gauge and I had a it, well, it had to have been a yearling. She was within seven yards of my blind. I'm on the ground. And then there was one behind her about 20, 25. <laughs> and I just, I, I blew out her lungs with that 12 gauge. I mean, it, I don't think there's really a big need for those, those high power. I mean, I, I honestly, I could see them. I don't know. I don't know if they could reverse it and go back to shotguns, but I think that would help out the growth too. Um, yes. You know yeah, what I the, mean? The, the, you know, you don't want to. I don't want to talk bad about the rich folk. Right, right. And the lawmakers, but that's where the high-powered rifles come in at. It was it was somebody that owned some ground in southern Indiana that they wanted a high-powered rifle, so they rode it in, and you know it got passed because everybody has high-powered rifles. Yep. I, I'm not getting. I'm not against a high-powered rifle, but you know, you take a 243 compared to a 12 gauge slug. I'm gonna take the 12 gauge every day just due to knockdown power. Oh yeah, you got and, a lot more thump. Yeah, and you know it's. I, I got buddies. They'll hunt. They hunted with the 450 Bushmasters, the 458 SOCOMs. You know the. They built ARs on that platform. Yep. And I was like, so what's your effective range? Because I had a buddy at the 458 SOCOM. And I was like, what's your effective range? He's like, oh, 200 yards. I said, all right, new 12 gauges, new 20 gauges. Oh, yeah. Babbages, they're a 200-yard slug gun. Yep. M- muzzleloaders are 200-yard muzzleloader guns. I mean... Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like so... You're jeopardizing. Now you know it's it's a 45 caliber bullet, which is pretty much a 45 caliber muzzleloader bullet. So I was like, you know, that's cool, but why run the risk of something like that? Right. Yeah, I don't know how they would reverse it, but like I said, with all these complaints they seem to keep bringing up and stuff, I. I just could see that going by the wayside. This yes. high power, and then everybody's gonna be mad. But you know, they they introduced that pellet gun hunting, or those uh, air rifles or whatever, last year. Yeah, the air guns. Mm-hmm. Yes. They they've got their place, and it's not it's not a deer gun, but I, I you know again. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's guys that. Have a two thousand dollar pellet gun now. That'll shoot, you know, two thousand feet per second. Let's say, 
with a 25 caliber pellet and killing deer. So, yep. <laughs> you know, it's 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 it's, a, it's their own animal. You know, we we as hunters, you know, we we got to stick together. But in some realm, it's just getting ridiculous, really. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I I love my high power guns, but you know, like like my the the deer I shot uh opening day this year, you know, he was 35 40 yards and I shot him with a 308. Like I didn't need that, you know. Yeah. What I just blow out the backside of him. Yeah, I didn't I didn't need it. But uh yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it'd be cool to kind of go back to the shotguns, but, and, and that's what's cool too is I mean you still have that option to take a shotgun. So, yes, yes, and you know it's and when, when, if my daughters want to hunt and they want to use a rifle, I'm going to get them a rifle. I, I mean I'm going to be frankly honest, mm-hmm. and but I'm going to get something you know like a 44 mag. Yeah something with a little more knockdown power and you know you know there's there's lots of great gear rifles out there now right it's just what's going to be suited for you know a youth hunter or your wives or you know whatever what's going to be suited for them to get somebody out in the field with you that they're not you know the recoil is not going to knock them on their butt or they're not going to be afraid to shoot a gun anymore right and that's why that's why I partially got that bog death grip. Uh, yeah. I mean that that thing cuts down so much recoil. Plus, they can freehand the gun almost. You know, it's yeah, like playing that, a that that bog death grip. My buddy brought one out last year with his daughter to my prop the property I hunt, and we hunted together in my blind. And I was like, you know, that thing is nuts. Oh yeah. I mean, when I started out, I never had that. It was. It's free handing off a, a workbench or a <laughs> Yum. And I mean, they, I, I was thrown in the mix of, you know, you're going to shoot. Well, you're going to shoot where we're shooting. So, yep. you know, they gave me a bug gauge with three inch deer, Brennicky knockout, Rottweilers. Oh, boy. I'm shooting three inch deer slugs at 12 years old. And I'm like, oh, this kind of hurts a little, but I'm not going to cry about it. I'm going to keep shooting them. Yeah, no joke. Yeah, my my oldest son, he uh he's going on six and he we took him out turkey hunting this year and he shot the four ten and he did fine with that and uh we're we're gonna put my three hundred blackout in that bog death grip and and let him shoot that. Uh 'cause I mean that that thing's barely got any recoil as it is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you put it in that, and I put a uh, laser on there to where it's sighted in at 50 yards so I can visually see, you know, where he's aiming on the deer because I can't touch the gun. Um, So I just kind of have a visual check before he, you know, (laughs) where where are you actually pointing this thing at, son? (laughs) You know? (laughs) And you you may want to look about that. Do you think the laser... The laser. I'm gonna be the fair warning right now. You may you may want to check into that. No, that's not a bad idea because I haven't. But uh, yeah. I think anything that projects onto a target, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but you might want to look into that. 
Yeah, I wonder about that because uh, my uncle, he, have you ever heard of those Vendetta uh, bow rangefinders? Yes. Yeah. The self rangefinders. Yeah, so you can see that dot. Um, so I don't, yeah, that's a good, I'll have to check into that. I'm glad you brought that up, because I didn't even think about that. But, you know, I just, that, that's just me coming out. I mean, I, I done, I used to do crazy stuff. I've grown out of those days, but, I mean, it's just, the, the little things that I go after now to look at. <laughs> right, right, no, it, it makes perfect sense. Cause I wouldn't want to get hosed on that, you know. I'm one of them guys that I'll, I'll get the book, you know, I'll read the book. Yep. And then I'll back through and go, man, that, that, that doesn't read right. Well, and they word it so weird half the time, too, you know. Yeah. And I've, I've got a buddy, he's a CEO, so I go to him with a lot of my questions. Like, if I got a question, and, you know, I'll flip to the page in the book and say, hey, the book reads this. What, what exactly do you mean? Yeah. He's like, well, that's gray areas. <laughs> I'm like, those HCO's gray area. He's like, yep, don't hate on us. That's the lawmakers and the lawyers coming out of Indianapolis. Well, yeah, they're they're in a hell of a spot too, you know, because they're they're the face of the, you know, they're the face of the all that law and stuff. So I kind of feel bad half the time. Um, you know, it's like every, I never see them, you know, during deer season, but when we, when we're dove hunting, dude, they're driving up and down the damn road behind us, like watching out in the field. Like they, yeah. they don't play. <laughs> no. no, they don't. You know, when, when I, when I hunt public land, you'll run into them. They'll, they'll come out and check you. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they, you know, we had an issue one year. And he, he checked, you know, I called him to report a guy, you know, for hunter harassment, which he said he was just hunting, which, you know, that's that gray area if he's hunting or whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. But he's like, well, I need to see your licenses. Okay, and my buddy, he had a property, he had private property across the road. So he had his four-wheeler hooked up because we were going to go over there. And he's like, what's that four-wheeler doing over here? My buddy's like, I never unhooked from my hunt last night on my private property. And, he, you know, he's like, well, that's cool. That's cool. You know, just, he's like, your license not signed. I was like, crap, I didn't realize he didn't sign my license. Oh, boy. And he's like, just sign it for me. <laughs> I, good. I was like, jeez, I didn't even think about that. You know, most of the time we get our licenses, just hold them up, throw them in our wallets. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's the small things that, you know, they're they're cool with. But and a CEO will work with you. If you got issues, they'll work their hardest to work with you. Yeah, you just can't be, you know, a dick and, you know, start lying about stuff. And It's, it's yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. Yep. I mean, like, like the buck I killed this year, he was down. I, I went over and put my bag on him and stuff, took the gun back to the truck and left my bag with it. You know, it's human scent on it. And my buddy, his boy shot a buck, and we called the COs to go track on another property. You know, we, we wanted to follow the chain of command. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any contact to the other property owner. Well, they went looking for it. They found a couple of hunters. You know, we they exchanged information for us and stuff. 
and he asked me, he's like, anybody else killed deer yet today? I said, yeah, I got a buck, buck down up there on top of the hill. I said, I got my pack on it. He's like, all right. He says, you got a tag? I said, I haven't loaded in the truck. He's like, well, if you have an animal down and you know where it is, you must put your temp tag on it right then and there. Which, you know, that was news to me. That's and crazy. You know, I was like, okay. So I went up, wrote my tag, put it on the buck, you know, tied it to the hind leg. and Then we gutted him out. But, I, you know, I never thought nothing of it. Well, I heard that was a thing too, but now it's not. Yeah, the only time you have to have your temp tag is your transportation tag when you load it in the truck to move it. Yeah. Which, hey, I, you know, from the old school days, as soon as I killed one, it was my name, phone number, sex of deer, date, time, equipment. You know, I I fill out a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. I don't put it with it. And then, you know, we, we loaded it in the truck. No, it flies off. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, I put mine in the mouth. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, that way in case anybody steals it. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Public, public land, you know, you're, you're going back a mile to the truck, somebody else stumbles upon a deer that's already got it out. You know, they, they can take it. So you, you slide that tag in its mouth, and they get it to a process, and that tag falls out of its mouth. And then the processor's going to start asking questions. Right. So that I, I learned that trick a long time ago. Just slide it, you know, slide it in its mouth, close its mouth back up, tuck its tongue in, it'll be good to go. Hey, I, I'll have to keep that in mind. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I carry a paracord with me, so I'll cut. I'll cut through that back tendon, like where you'd run a gamble and hang them. Yeah, yeah. And tuck tuck the tag in there, and then wrap paracord around it and tie it up. Gotcha. But just, the, I mean, that, that, that's the old school ways that I was, I was taught to do things that way. Right. But. Uh, you got, you got any preparations done for this year or? Um, I'm going to be flat out honest. No. Been, been no, pretty busy on the archery side. I know I keep seeing you posting. Yeah. I, I, you know, my, we just. My daughter just wrapped up softball season. I was a coach, so... Yeah, I felt that. I did T-ball. I, I never, you know, I, I haven't done it. And usually, I'm not... You know, I, I kick it to the old school. Like, I never had cameras growing up or anything like that. Right. So when I, I first got a camera, a buddy loaned me one. I said, man, this, this is awesome. This, this is exciting. It's not even, you know, it's not even a cell camera, but, <laughs> you know... Right going out and checking them and then I'm like you know I'm probably checking them too often yeah I found that out alright I'll put fresh batteries in it and I'm only going to check these cameras when I'm hunting in that area yep you know so you you still get the surprise of well what deer's going to come through when's it going to come through and you know I, I pulled a camera I went out in January this year which I should have got my blind out then, but I didn't. <laughs> I pulled a camera out and stuff. I was going through pigs. And I, I had some studs on there, and I'm like, and I, I, you know, I went back looking through my calendar. I was like, man, I was off that day. Damn. I went hunting. Or I hunted that morning, 
and this deer comes through at like 12:30. Yeah, and dude. Scenarios like that, you're like, man, if I'd stayed all day. But no, I, I haven't done any prep work yet. And I'm still, like I said, I, I'm headed to Pennsylvania for an outdoor national tournament at the end of the month. I'm home for a week and a half. I'll go back to Pennsylvania for IBO Worlds. That'll be August 13th through the 15th. Okay. Then I'll then I'll probably get you know, you're still in August. I'll go get some tra- you know some trails cut. Check my straps on my stands because I had it's you know in 17 I fractured my back. I fell out of a tree stand. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, because it was. It's one of them, you know, hey, we got these sticks up, let's go ahead and stand. Like, three days before deer season. Type, type, you know, we need to get a stand up in this area because there's deer out here. There's corn all around it. We need to get a stand up on this finger. Yep. You know, I, I had my harness on and stuff. I just didn't have it, the tree strap, strapped to the tree the right way. And when I fell, it all come with me. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... You know, I'm, I'm pretty, the following year, I don't know if I hunted out of a, well, I got released end of October to hunt again, so I hunted on the ground all that year. The following year, I went back out to the same tree, got up in that stand again for the first, you know, first, nobody hunted it. You know, they went out, put a new stand up, strapped it in, we run we're running many chain and binders to hold our, you know, like a, a secondary. Fail track. safe, yeah. A fail, you know, a fail safe. Well, I got up in that stand and, you know, I froze. I went to get down after I was done hunting. I was like, man, I can't get out of this tree. You know, something took over my body says, you're going to fall again if you stand up. <laughs> right, well, I could understand that, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I... I hung it when it happened. I hung the stand. I sat down in it. I stood up in it. I sat down. And, you know, when you go to, when you hang a lock on, you give it a little weight to really get that bite. And when I did that, the chain slipped on the bottom. Oh, God. And the ratchet strap on the top broke, so it kicked the platform out from underneath me. Well, I turned and went to grab the platform about the glove, you know, about lost a finger because my finger got stuck in the platform. My ring got caught. Oh, fudge. Yeah, and, you know, I fell, I fell 20 feet. But Mm -hmm. I landed on my feet and then went and sat down right to my butt. Oh, you got lucky. Yeah, and the guy I was with, I mean, he he was in his late 60s, early 70s. And he's like, well, I can't drive the truck back here to the clump field. Can you walk? And I said, you know, just let me lay here for a minute. You know, I put my hands down my boots and I didn't feel no blood. You know, I could move my toes and my fingers and you know, I could move all my extremities. And I was like, you know, my back's sore. I said, I'll make it. I said, just, I said, just take me to the truck. I said, let's just go to the truck and take me to my truck. I'm going to go home. And, you know, I'll relax the afternoon and whatnot. be fine. Well, I told my wife, she called my sister-in-law because I was with her dad. And he's like, she's like, dad, you need to take him to the hospital. He needs to be looked at. He could have internal injuries. 
So, you know, I walked 400 yards back to the truck, got in the truck. He dropped me off at the ER doors. I walked into the ER, you know, just walking. I was like, you know, I'm fine, but, you know, my back was tender. Right. Well, you know, they get you in the emergency room, they get you in a room, and the first thing I want to do is always cut your clothes off with scissors. Well, <laughs> me being a hunter, I looked at the nurse and said, you ain't cutting these boots off my feet. Yeah, no. And she goes, can you take them off? I said, I'll take them off right now. I said, but you ain't cutting nothing off me. Right. <laughs> I my boots off and stripped out of my boxers and whatnot. She goes, well, you seem fine. And then they went, they wheeled me back to do x-rays, and my wife was in there at the time, and a nurse yelled down the hall, he needs a backboard, his back's broken, his back's broken. And, you know, I didn't think nothing of it. I was more concerned about my finger being broken. Right. I mean, it was, it degloved it up to the first knuckle. Oh, my God. It was, I mean, I can send you some pictures if you want to share it on Facebook. I mean, it was nasty looking. <laughs> You know, I was, I was like, damn, my finger hurts. I said, my wedding band's still stuck. I said, you guys got to get this finger. I mean, you got to get my finger taken care of. <laughs> you were probably, you know, that was probably distracting you from your back. Oh, yeah. And then they, they took me to ambulance down to Methodist to, you know, ICU down there. That was a whole... <laughs> <laughs> All my buddies show up at Methodist, you know. Everybody's got beards. And a nurse comes in, she goes, so there's a Duck Dynasty clan out there. Oh, God. And they all say they're your brother. And, you know, because they were only letting immediate family in. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, does one got camo and a beard? She's like, yeah, they, they all got camo. I said, yeah, they're all my brothers. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys don't look the same. I said, yeah, we're all brothers. <laughs> That's pretty but, cool. And, you know, when that, when that happened, I, I had buddies that never wore harnesses and trees. Oh, yeah. And, you know, as soon as that happened, the next day, they were all going to stores and buying HSS harnesses. Yep. And wearing them. And, you know, then it was, well, we got these harnesses now. What are we going to do next? And then everybody started throwing up lifelines and making lifelines. So, you know, I, I won't get in the tree without my harness on. If I got if I got enough lifelines in my stands, I'll run lifelines on all my stands. Even in my climber, I'll, I'll throw my harness on, go up my climber, and keep moving it up as I climb. Yeah. It's just in me now, you know. In my in my my climber, I've got the top and bottom harness together, so if the bottom slides out, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I've learned that the hard way. I was practicing in the backyard, and uh, they had to come with the ladder <laughs> to push the platform up. I'm like, now, that would have been nice to know, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, got, you learn. Those yeah. cli- those climbers scare me more than, you know, but I still wear my harness in the ladder stands. Yeah, and that's, you know, when, uh, the only reason I, I, I bought a, I bought a summit, summit Goliath. It's, it's for the big boys, right? I mean, three three hundred fifty pound weight limit. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't weigh that, but when I get all my gear and stuff, I'm, I'm pushing probably three hundred with all my gear, right? So, you know, I got a big boy stand, and it only weighs twenty one pounds. 
but I only got it in case I get drawn on, you know, the draw hunts and the military refuge hunts, you know. Yep. Or, or if I get froggy and want to go back to public land and slap up a climber and hunt, do a couple of hunts on public land. Yep. But other than that, it's, you know, I got lock on some ladder stands every place I hunt. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got ours all dialed up, you know, where we bought the safety straps. We got the safety straps in there so we can just clip in. You don't got to reach around the tree to set up. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Because yep. that, that's another thing, trying to do that in the dark is uh, it's so sketchy. Yeah, and, you know, I got I got buddies now. They're in, the, they're in the saddle hunting fad, and, I mean, they love them. I I heard they said they feel safer in the saddle. Yeah, I I got a buddy. Now he he would always pack in his climber on the draw. <laughs> he got that saddle the first year, and he goes, "I'll never go back to climber." He goes, "I got six climbers in my garage. I'm gonna sell." Damn. He goes, "I'll never go back to one." He goes, "This this thing is awesome." I mean, because. He did, he went down to Fort Benjamin Harrison. He got set up, you know, in the dark, in the saddle, adjusted a couple things, you know, on it. And daylight come, and at the 60 yard range, deer kept crossing at 60 yards. He's like, well, this is silly. He goes, all the deer keep going right there. So he got down out of the tree with the saddle and stuff, moved over, 25 yards and cut his distance in half to 30 yards or 35 yards and got right back in another tree slid around the backside you know to keep the sun out of his face and be hit and smoked a deer dang I mean in a matter of like 15 minutes he, he got down to right back up to 20 foot and killed a deer that's wild yeah I mean he, he loves it yeah, I heard you can sit in all different types of trees, too, with that thing. Yes, yes. I mean, he goes, he goes, you know, I don't have to worry if the tree's straight, if it's got branches. This year, he's going to the one-stick method with aiders and whatnot on it, which he showed me set up. It, it looks slick. And I'm like, I'm going to have to try your harness on. I said, I'm like, we might strap up to the tree out back, and I'm going to go up that tree. Yeah, no joke. I'd love to try one. I mean, I'm... A, I'm a big boy. He goes, you'll never see the difference. He goes, <laughs> he goes it, just, it just holds you. I'm like, man, I said, <laughs> but I'm on a platform that ain't no bigger than my feet. Right. I said, how can that be comfortable? He goes, you get everything set right. He goes, it's like sitting in a chair. You can sit there all day. You get a little tired, you stand up, you move around, you can flip back around, you know. He goes, I love it. And he, he, he's practiced shooting his bow in his yard with it on, you know, doing, leaning way out, down around the tree or around the back side or the front side of the trees, his off side, you know. He practices it all. He's like, I love it. So, it may be in the future. Yeah. Same here. Well, man, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on, and uh, like I said, anytime you want to talk deer or, or arrows, you know where to find me. Yep, and like like I said, you know, if any of your 
listeners or whatever, if they got questions, you know, they can shoot me a message. I'll, I'll try to field all their questions for them. Okay. I mean, I know we know. We got every we got every every arrow that runs, you know, from our our Hawkeye series, which is you know, let's say it's a base model. They're they're sixty dollars for a half dozen. Up to our micro LTS, which are you know, you asked about that skinny arrow that. Yep. That micro arrow, which a lot of guys out west use them because they carry the distance. Oh, that makes they're, sense. They're they're hundred nine dollars a dozen. Okay. So I mean, we we got everything for everybody. We even we even sell they even sell crossbow bolts. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, so, like I said, if, if anybody has questions, they're more than free to reach out to me and ask questions or, you know, post them up on your blue collar page. And if you see it, just tag me in it. And I'll try to answer the questions. All right, man, we'll do. I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've shot for four years now, and if, if they got questions about, or you got questions, I mean, tournament archery or anything like that, feel free to message me. Hell yeah! Because you know I, I'm 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 here just to to grow the sport. I never I never thought of shooting indoor archery. And I, I I picked it up six years ago in 2016. I was like, yeah, who wants to shoot paper? Right. I mean, I grew up shooting 3D, and I was like, you know, life happened. I come to college. I got out of archery for a while. I still shot in the backyard, deer hunt with my bow, but. And then at 16, I went in the shop, bought a new bow, and ran into some guys like, hey, come shoot this, come shoot this league with us. And I was like, no, and I said, what, what fun's to shoot paper? <laughs> and, you know, that's what you get. They're like, it doesn't move. Well, neither does a 3D animal, but. Yeah. Shooting paper, it, it builds your stamina. Because you shoot 60 arrows. Oh, God. Yeah, you shoot 60 arrows in one one round, or, you know, not a round, but the full, it's a full 12 ends. So it's five arrows per, per end. So you shoot 60 arrows. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, it builds stamina, and then it it breaks down your flaws. You mean, you may think, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm hitting a three-inch group at 35 yards. Well, what's that 35 yards do when you move it back to 45 or 50 yards. Grows. Where, where's that group grow? I mean, yeah. I mean, last last night I was shooting, getting prepared for that tournament, and I was throwing three and four arrows in a four-inch circle at 60 and 70 yards. And then I had groups in that same realm that the three arrows were touching. Dang. Six, so, you know, it, it it really breaks down your form indoors. And then, you know, that tournament going to, going to in three weeks, you shoot 118 arrows. For... Wow. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it takes a lot out of you, so... People are like, well, 3D's one arrow for 40 targets. Well, that's still 40 arrows. So, I mean, it, it, it mentally prepares you for even deer seasons because 
Like, you know, I wouldn't normally take this shot, but I've practiced all year long. I, I can shoot over that limb or around that limb or shoot through that paper plate size hole right there at 25 or 30 yards and shoot that deer when they step in that window. Makes sense to me. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of guys know, they say practice shooting 60 yards because that makes them 30-yard chip shots. Yeah, that's what I do. I try to stretch it out. Yep. But, like I said, if anybody has any questions, feel free to message me or whatever. Or message you guys, and you guys can hit me up, and I'll fill you in. Hell yeah, dude, we'll do that. And like like I said, you know, I got I got a few other guys now. I'll shoot you a message about some guys that might be interested in doing the show with you, too. Oh, that'd be awesome. All righty. Alright man, like I said, I appreciate your time. Oh, you're very welcome. And good luck this year, good luck with the shoots, and uh, yeah, we'll have to stay in contact. Oh, we will. Alright man. I'll get you out on that 3D range. Oh yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> so, alright. Alright, we'll see ya. Yep, thanks. Yep. Bye. Alright everybody, that wraps it up. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. And hope everybody's getting their deer season and stuff around. And uh, I know I organized all my, my clothes and stuff, put them all in the nice totes, packed away, which we know that'll all grenade in the truck uh, once season starts. But anyway, uh, remember, deer don't care about your feelings, and you guys know where we stand. We'll see you next week.